Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? 3 o'clock on a Monday. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next three hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's our little 180 minutes to talk football that we call Steelers Blitz. Between the two of us, we have a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of lettuce. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now, if you want to chime in anytime over the next three hours. You know where to find us. It's on Twitter. You can tweet the show at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. What's up, cousin? Man, first off, I'm hearing all this construction going on outside, <laughs> doing all this jackhammering and, and rebuilding, but we still ain't got multiple phone lines yet. So, yeah, I'm complaining today. I just had to get that off my chest. Yeah, somebody woke up on the uh, right side of the bed this morning. I I saw your shirt, and I instantly felt the inspiration to just come on out here and say what I needed to say. I felt like that was my pass. Jim Carrey and some Air Maxes on my T-shirt. You like that, Yeah, man. I I Mm -hmm. like it. Giving a nice salute to the world. Mm -hmm. It's my type of guy, man. Mm -hmm. I I can respect that, man. (sighs) I'm hyped, though. You know what? You doing it? I'm hyped. It is. Hold on real quick, though. I'm glad that you said that because, yes, there is construction in the building today. Mm -hmm. So if at some point if you hear a little humming or rattling in the background, don't be alarmed. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully it'll only be temporary. Very true. But anyways, Arthur Motes. I'm excited. It's a good day to have a good day. I'm excited, man. The pads are on. I'm excited. At Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. The pads were popping. Yes, indeed, Things man. are happening and probably still happening now, honestly. Um, shortly after 1 o'clock today, I think it was about 1.15, the mm-hmm. guys took the field for their first padded practice yeah, man. of the 2020 season. No, nah, man, this is exciting time, man. Whenever you get that first day in pads, like I said, it's always like the first day of school, just taking your, your mentally going back through it all, man. <laughs> it's, it's really when the first day of practice really started for us or training camp really started. When you're in just the shirt and shorts, a lot of the, the quote-unquote athletes look great out there, you know, in the underwear Olympics and stuff like that. And for guys like me, you know, we were never the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. Oh, we yeah. never really – no, no, seriously. We never really enjoyed that portion of it because it was cool. But sure. it's like we know the great equalizer when I put these pads on. You could run 4-3, but you don't want to run 4-3 and get hit by me. Hmm. That's the difference. Hmm. Guys like Vince Williams, you know what I mean? Like we thrive in these type of settings. That's what makes football so unique because sure. it's not just about being a great athlete. You have to have the physicality and the mentality and the overall toughness to to play at this level and play at a high level and sustain that ability. Absolutely. We talk about how every offseason we see guys look great doing OTAs or we see guys that look great when they're posting stuff on social media because there's no contact, there is no defender, they're in shirts and shorts, and they just look phenomenal. Let's be mm-hmm. real about it. And then you get them in the pads, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This not the same guy that was just Hold posting on, on IG. He was catching one-handed passes, doing backflips, and eating yogurt with some chunky donkeys on his feet. <laughs> this isn't the same dude. Oh, no, it's different. We put these pads on. I put my Rydell on your face. Mm. That changes a lot. That so for me, man, I, I, I love this element. This is the beauty of football. When we talk about the physicality, because let's be real, 
if there's no physicality, it's kind of like basketball. It's, I mean, if you're a great athlete and you mm. can move, you're going to be fine. You'll be successful. But when you put the pads on and that physicality, that element, that's the part that nobody accounts for. That's the part that you can't prepare for. You either got that dog in you or you don't. And this is the day where you get to find out. Day one is always the best because then after that, now you'll start seeing them, them, them great athletes, the guys that post a lot. Now they start coming up with little soft. Ah, this hurt, mm. Coach. My thumb. My, I got this thumb, Coach. I, I can't mm. come out there today, baby. Coach, Coach. The way the way my big toe set up right now changes everything, man. So for me, I love this. This is why I'm always excited when the pads come out, man. For me, and, and as crazy as it sounds, I hated non-padded practices. I know they take care of your body. I get all that. But for me, that's not my game. I'm not going to wow you with my athletic ability. Can I get by? Sure. Do I know how to get in and out of practice when we're in pet, when we're in a non-padded practice? Without a doubt. But when you put those pads on, that's why I'm happy because now I know, oh, yeah, it's going to look great today. This is you talk about Coach Thomas said it right. He said you got gamers that need to be practice players. He did say oh, that. Oh, you ain't got to worry about that. You put the pads on, baby, off the moats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get that job done, baby. Mike Tomlin is speaking right now. Uh, first post-practice training camp media availability. We will bring you some of that audio as we roll along here. A reminder that our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, David DeCastro, Chris Wormley, and James Washington out with minor injuries day to day. Uh, according to Mike Tomlin. Again, we will bring you audio from the head coach here in the first hour. He also said that Marquise Pouncey missed practice uh, due to he was excused a personal absence today. Motsi, first day of padded practice. Is it... And I don't know, maybe things could be changed now, obviously, because it's a different offseason than usual. But is it usually a... Is there still some element of a ramp-up period to the first padded practice, or is it usually the opposite when it's uh, like let's let's get dirty, you know, let's let's get uh, let's get physical here real quick, um, or is or do you think is there is there usually still you know it, it might be another day or two before uh, you know the full physical nature comes. Listen, out. man, Coach Thomas said I'm not taking you out to do any appetizing. We're getting right to the meat <laughs> and potatoes and. I know Coach Simon very well. He has never been a man to lie. Mm. So if he says there is no ramp up, we treating it like a regular training camp practice, I can assure you it's a regular training camp practice, pads popping, blood on the moon is what my college coach used to say. It's going to be blood, blood on the moon. Blood on the moon. All right? What's that mean? Hey, it's going to be so much blood just squirting everywhere, man, because that's how hard we hit, man. Think like 300. Think like, like Leonidas and all those guys. <laughs> You've seen how it looks. Blood on the moon is gory. That's how it's supposed to be. So trust me, man. I know when, when I played, I never believed in a one more period. Once this, once we put the pads on, go time. you 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 can be over there talking about hold on, let me get ready. I'm a saki. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna hit you square in the mouth as hard as I can. And I hope it hurts you. I want you to be like, dang, yo, that was crazy. Why you hit me like that? I'm like you should have been ready next time. <laughs> I, c- c- padded practice. Listen, in the words of Coach Tomlin, don't get caught less than ready. 
Because mm. when you are court less than ready, then you want to try to make things personal because you feel like somebody one-upped you. You feel like they got over on you. But, no, if you come prepared and your game is at a 10 every time, you will never get caught slipping. You come out there trying to make business decisions or you trying to have a brother-in-law deal with a guy like, hey, man, if I take it easy on you, take it easy on me. That's how you get caught less than ready. That's how you get hit in the mouth, and that's how you get your feelings hurt. You get bad tape out there. Mm. So, yeah, you all that, oh, man, we're going to take it easy and work together concept. It sounds good on paper until you get embarrassed. So the way I always avoided that, I'm coming out there to hit you in your mouth as hard as I can from the first moment. We, I, I'm talking even an individual. It was times an individual. My teammates, we didn't even want to go against each other. Well, for me, a lot of them didn't want to go against me, and I had two guys I didn't want to go against when I was in Pittsburgh. That was sure. Lawrence Timmons and James Harrison. I said because they were the only two that was crazier than me in terms of how we going to hit each other. We're going to try to kill each other. That. I can Listen, see that. We're trying to kill each other in individual period when it's just me versus you. We in the same position group. We we supposed to be brothers here. So you only know what that means when we get the team and we going against the offense. Oh, I'm trying to take their head smooth off. But early on in practice, when I gotta go against you and you gotta be the tight end or I gotta be the tight end to give you a look, oh, I'm trying to knock your I'm trying to knock your face off. Like that's just it. But if we all keep that same level of intensity, that's gonna be more game like for us. If that's more game, like that's gonna help us out as a whole. If I go easy on you, so and I always like to talk, you know, from an outside linebacker standpoint, because that's what I was most familiar with, right? Sure. So if we're working on the six technique, which is when your outside linebacker is lined up directly over top of the tight end, right? Usually they have a square stance, not the sprinter stance like they're about to rush off the edge. If I'm out there and I'm giving you the look as a tight end in practice, and I'm gonna tell you, hey, I'm going to the right, just be ready. That doesn't help you because in the game, is that tight end going to tell you? Is Travis Kelsey going to tell you where he's about to block you? Is nope. George Kittle going to tell you which way he's going? Nah. So I kept that same energy, and I would tell the guys if they tried to tell me, like, no, I don't want to hear it because you're only going to cheat me, and if you're cheating me, it's cheating us as a whole because sure. I'm not going to be prepared come game time. If I get hurt and you got to go in, you're definitely not going to be prepared. So that doesn't help us. So even though it sucks, even though we hate it, even though at some point in time throughout training camp, you're going to hate me. <laughs> you, I promise you, you're going to hate me at some point in training camp. Just know come week 10, week 11, week 12, when you dogging people, we're going to look back on this and say, yo, that's because what we did to each other right, right here. So that was always the whole mentality with it. So, a lot of people got it. You every once in a while you run across somebody who, who doesn't want that same type of energy. And traditionally, they either move on or they don't last on the roster, man. You know how that goes, yeah. man. But either way, that was always the mindset with me, man, and the guys that were in my group. You can't allow yourself to warm up to it because that creates bad habits. And if you're warming up to it in practice, you're going to warm up to it sure, in the game. Sure. You, warm up to, uh, you warm up to it in the game. That's the difference between wins and losses. That's the difference between you having a successful play on first down, which is ultimately going to get us to that third and long, which we want so we can rush the passer, versus, oh, I took it easy on first down because I was saving it for third down, but now it's third and short, so you're not rushing the passer no way. That doesn't help us. So that was always the mentality with that. And it starts up top, man. Coach Tom, like I said, he he's going to let you know from the jump, look, guys, we out here in full pass. This is the standard. And if he feels at any point is not up to par, oh, he's gonna let you know. Yes, and he will. He will adjust his schedule in practice and the pr- the, the time of practice mm-hmm. to accommodate his needs for acquiring that standard. So that's why you gotta love him because you know what it is every day. You know as bad as I feel, as much as I'm hurting, as much as I don't want to be out here, we know what the, we know what we gotta do today, and we're not coming off this field until it gets done. There was backs on backers at practice. Blood today. on the moon. Arthur <laughs> notes. Uh, Mike Tomlin talked about that. He also 
um, spoke a little bit about the right tackle battle, um, said that it might be a little too early to sort that out, but hoping that they'll soon gain clarity in that regard. bunch of good stuff from Mike Tomlin. We'll hear from him uh, after this break. Before we get to uh, paying those bills, though, Arthur Motes, um, the big kind of NFL news uh, of you ain't about the to day. Try. I know you ain't about to give him that little quarter bit of time, are you? You Listen, just, I'm in no rush. I'm, I'm in about no to say, hurry. Hey, hey, don't, don't do that now. That's called a radio tease. Nah, that, that's called the, all right, man, we're almost at the end of the segment. I'm going to go ahead and drop this on you. Then we're going to come out of the break and get some Coach T. No, man, we, we ain't doing six, that. We got six, seven minutes uh, here. We I want to say, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, put, some, put some respect on it, man. This is historic right here. Washington football team mm-hmm. has hired Jason Wright as the team president, making him the first black mm-hmm. team president in National Football League history. Say, say that part again. The first black team president mm-hmm. in National Football League history. Also, Arthur Motes, only the fourth former player exactly. to become a team president. Mm-hmm. M- more than historic. This is massive, This man. is big, yeah. yeah. In fact, I wanted to lead off with this personally, man, but you know, I, I figured you wanted to go your way, so I'm well, going to ride I mean, with you, man. it was the first day of padded now, practice. Hey, hey listen, <laughs> man, this is bigger than padded practice, man. You, you Listen, you have padded practices every day from here on out. That's you true. have padded practices every year. There's never an issue. You think about how long the NFL's been going on, right? We just had we just celebrated the centennial season, we right? Did. It's 32 teams. You do the math on that. You do the math on that. It's not like we talking about the president where once every four years for one position. There's only one. Oh, there's only one. No, that's not the case here. We talking 32 teams. So as much as we celebrating it, we also saying like, yo, this is crazy. It took this long, man. True. But at the end of the day, man, this is major news, and that's why for me. I'm like, yeah, man, this is bigger than any padded practice. This is bigger than any media availability because this is something that we have never seen. We talk about the fact that, man, it's only been four former players that make it to this role. Which is crazy. Crazy. But the thing I think of when I look at Jason even more, the dude wasn't even an all-pro or pro or nothing like that. He had four. He played for four teams in seven years. Mm-hmm. The Niners, the Browns, the Cardinals, and I think it was the um, the Falcons, you, I want to say. You got it. Yeah, so you're like, it's not even like he's playing for major franchises like a Dallas or, or a Giants or anything like that. So for him to come in mm-hmm. undrafted free agent out of Northwestern, not even a football powerhouse. Well, but you just nailed on it. I mean, you know those Northwestern kids. No, they're, no, 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 but check smart. this out. Yeah, I, I, it, it all sounds good. <laughs> Every college is going to talk about, oh, we smart. Think about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He Ivy League. Ivy League over Northwestern any day. It's a reason why, though. Like, this is nuts to me, man. But I'm super excited, man, because, dude, th- this lets you know, first off, for multiple things, man, if you're an African-American, you know that this is achievable. You know that this because sure. it's easy to say, oh, well, they've always hired the best available. You mean to tell me We've talked for, about for 100 before. years, 32 different teams that – it's, all, it's never been an African-American time. that one time? Not for, for 32, well, take all the scandals that have taken place, all the, the, the hey, we're either moving the team or we're changing up the yeah. image of the team, all that's that's been taking place. Cleaning we've never, the house. We've never had it not once. Yeah, okay. It sounds good in, in theory, but we know the reality of this thing. And so, man. It, quickly, as Mike Tomlin pointed out a week or two ago, uh, there are less minority head coaches now than right. when he came into the league at, or when he got his head coaching gig in 2007. Absolutely, man. So, like, this is a major thing. So, like I said, if you're African-American, you can say, oh, man, this is attainable. It's no different than when Obama became the president. You're like, man, okay, this can really happen. They're not just saying this. this we actually have a blueprint now. Then I look at the fact that he's only 38 years old. I know, that's crazy. 38. So young. I love that, man, because it's saying that, hey, not only can I do this, but I don't have to wait till I'm 40, 50, 60. No. If I'm ready to go, I'm qualified, and the opportunity is right, I can do this. And then you add on to the fact that, like you said, he was a football player, and he wasn't a star. 
We talk about, man, if this is Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, right. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, we're not surprised. Or maybe even um, like a Myron Roll. Right. We're, we're not surprised. Um, or who's the guy now from the uh, the Chiefs, the one who opted out because he's the yeah, doctor. I, who's, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but, but I know exactly know what you're talking, talking about. about. Yeah. But it's like if it's those type of situations, you're not surprised by that. Whether they're they're mega stars or they had a lot of hype surrounding like a road scholar, right? They, they had that type of thing around them. Yeah. But it's like with, with, with Jason, that's the opposite. He doesn't have any football accolades where they talk about him all crazy. He even coming from Northwestern, it's still like I said, it's not even Ivy League. So even though Northwestern, like we're not even going to try to downplay that prestigious institute without a doubt. But in terms of the hierarchy, if he was from Harvard, Brown, Penn, or something like that, Yale. Totally different, right. totally different thought process around that. Sure. So that's why for me, I'm like, dude, this is so significant. It really is. This is a major. And you're move, right too. Man. It's not like he had even been working for the right. Washington football team the for the thing, last yeah. few years. He had been. So what it looks like here is whenever he was done with football in 2011, mm-hmm. he went back to school, got his MBA exactly. uh, from the University of Chicago School of Business. Mm-hmm. And then uh, started working uh, with a, it looks like a consulting firm yes. in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So clearly. And, and, that, and that firm, they specialized in rebuilding brands, hmm. minorities, the economic okay. endpoint of it, the infrastructure and stuff like that. He was one of the partners in the company. So it was a big deal. Like you said, he was still super young know, he's doing only, he's this, though. He's 38 years old. Super young doing this, but that's why. When you see the Washington football team bring him on, they talk about his business uh, acumen. That's the biggest thing of why they wanted him there. From what he does from a business standpoint, we rebuild, rebuilding right. brands and things like that. And he's got the football background. Absolutely. It's the perfect storm. And you talk about a guy that relatability. Dude, you coming as an undrafted free agent player for multiple teams. Relatability. You played in the Big Ten. Relatability. Man, you're going to be able to relate to 90% of the NFL. <laughs> the only guys you can't really relate to are the first-round draft picks. But, hey, they don't really need a lot of relating because they already got that. They're good. <laughs> so, man, you talk about, like, the perfect storm here. Dude, this is an awesome yeah. scenario. That's how I looked at it the whole time and when I saw that. And I understand, too, that some people would try to take this and say, well, hey, it's only happening because Washington's trying to save face. Obviously, with the name changing, obviously with the the, the sexual harassment and toxic scandal that they had going on there. But I look at it this way, man. Regardless of what prompted the change, the change has happened. Yeah. You look at their organization, and right now they have a minority head coach. They got a minority uh, president, and I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the young lady, but she's also a top executive within the organization as well. She's a uh, I'm gonna get her name in a little while. But they have three minorities in three very critical positions within this organization. And I think that's just, I mean, like I said, regardless of what prompted it to get here, the fact is it's here now. The actions have been taken. And where I wasn't going to praise them for changing their name to the Washington football team because we know that that wasn't <laughs> un, uh, uh, <laughs> they, 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 they need a little pushing for that to happen, especially yeah. when it came to the bottom line in their pockets. This was not that case. This didn't have, I mean, if they would have went and hired a non-minority to take on this position as team president, it would have went on without without sure. a blurb. Nobody even would have thought uh, anything it about been, it. You know, it would have been on the sidebar on exactly. NFL.com and, oh, okay, here's this person. And, and they and might have had a little Zoom conference with the media. And Tops. That would have been it. Right, but because they went this route, man, it's, it's very significant because it was not prompted. They didn't need the extra push to do this, man. And the thing is, man, I think that this guy is really going to be beneficial. Like you said, man, when you got a guy who has come in and played in the NFL for multiple years, undrafted guy, played in the Big Ten where you have big-time football there as well, 
the relatability, your understanding of the brand and ultimately how how much it means to you. It's a lot. It's very significant, yeah. man. So I just I, I just wanted to tip my cap to them on that, man. Northwestern second team All Big Ten in 2003. Uh, dra- or, sorry, undrafted by uh, the Niners. One year with the Niners. Two year with the, two years with the Falcons. Couple years with the Browns. Two years with the Arizona Cardinals as well. Double major in psychology and pre med at Love Northwestern. It, man. Love it. Yeah, he's wicked smart. From Love California, it. and this is my favorite fun stat here, Arthur Motes, about Jason Wright. In August 31st, 2004, in a preseason game against the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. he was tackled by Brock Lesnar. Boom. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that. Jason Wright, uh, first black team president with the Washington football team, first in National Football League history, only 38 years old, only the fourth former player to serve as a team president. Pretty cool things happening with the Washington major, football bro. team. And, that uh, was major, man. It's been a while since we've been able to say that, Motsi. Cool things happening with the Washington football yeah. team. Did you see over the weekend, too, the Alex Smith video? Yes, and he actually cool. cleared, man. That he's was... practicing, man. So. I know. He's they... crazy. Good for him. <laughs> Dude, I was a little nervous, but I'm like, you know what, man? If, you, if that's what your heart says you want to do, who else to tell you different, man? If I... that's how you feel that you need to live your life, man, you want to go out there, you've done all the work you did, the rehab, mm-hmm. who, who, who are we to sit here and say, don't take that chance, don't do that? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad like, you said that. Live your I, life, man. Because I'm with you on that too. Because a lot of people were posting, you know, oh, he's made almost a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. in his career. Like, what's the point? Newsflash: He was able to make almost a hundred million dollars in this career because he loves it so much. Exactly. It's something that he's poured his time and his mm-hmm. heart and his passion into. That's part of why he's been so successful, obviously, and and it's it's clearly something that means. A lot to him and a lot to his family as well too. If you saw that video, if not, nice look it up. Celebration, for yeah, him, Alex man. Smith. Nice little celebration that his uh, his wife and his kids had um, whenever they were, uh, whenever he got the news that he was finally cleared to return to football activities. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, football activities happening at Heinz Field just wrapped up actually. And Mike Tomlin speaking about the day's events. We will listen to Coach T on the other side and. Uh, we got to talk about a lot today. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster spoke. Ben Roethlisberger out there throwing the football. Cam Hayward talked about his contract situation. We got a whole bunch to get to. So who else would you rather hang out with for the next three hours? Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz on SNR. Wrapping up the first hour of the show here. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rock and rolling with you this Monday afternoon as we're about to head into the evening. Just heard from Mike Tomlin there speaking after padded practice number one. Uh, just about a half an hour ago. And Motsi, I think the biggest thing that everyone is is going to take from from the start of camp, right, is some of the position battles. Like, people want to know what the nose tackle battle looks like between Big Dan and, and Tyson Alualu. And, of course, obviously, we heard our good friend Brian Backo there at the end ask Mike Tomlin about the right tackle position. 
and Mike Tomlin, obviously, as I think we can all probably expect, right? I mean, one practice is not enough to make decisions like that. It's it's obviously going to be an ongoing process. But realistically, like you've seen these things play out. I know you've been part mm-hmm. of position battles yourself. Realistically, what does that timeline look like? Like, how long do you think it'll be before maybe we should really put some stock into, okay, We'll see now. It's it's clear cut that this guy's taking more snaps than that guy, right? Like, how, what does that timeline? What's what's it realistically look like here? Yeah, under these circumstances, you'll probably know within the next week because just how the reps are going to be dispersed because you don't have the luxury of preseason games, you don't have the luxury of hmm. an elongated training camp. Typically, the way it will work is all right. Going into that first game, we'll have one guy taking the 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 majority of the snaps with the first team. He'll get the first look in that opening game. Then the second game, we'll flip it. Now we'll have the guy that went in with the twos being with the ones the whole time. Start that second game out with the ones. And then from there, whoever has looked the best, if nobody has taken the lead just yet, then you can rotate back to the other guy for that third game and go from there. Sure. But under these circumstances, with there being no in-game evaluation, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to know within probably, like I said, by next week who's getting those reps because every rep matters so much more now. We don't have that luxury of, okay, if there are 100 snaps in practice, I'm only going to give you 25 of them, but I know I'm going to give you 75 snaps come game day on in the preseason game. You don't have that luxury. So now that guy is going to have to take whoever they whoever gets the lead in this thing is going to have to start taking the majority of the snaps sooner than later so they can get more acclimated to guys around him and get acclimated and they can put their best foot forward for the team ultimately protecting Ben when we're talking about the right tackle spot in particular sure yeah but that's the that's the thing man with this type of uh this type of training camp man the practice just we talked about it, man. They they are weighted almost triple oh. in value compared to how it was like in the past. It's like a major league baseball regular yeah. season game right now, right? Like Absolutely, one game's worth man. three games. Like that's that's the significance of it. So you don't have the luxury of, all right, I'm I'm gonna practice a little bit or I'm gonna get the good amount of practice reps, but I don't have to go out here in the game. Like nah. I'm going to need every single rep I can get. And trust me, these guys are going to be fighting to get as many reps as they can get because they know yeah. once the season starts, we can, t- we, we can talk in context about, all right, if a guy has a bad year, can you put an asterisk beside it if this team doesn't look as good? In theory, yeah, you could put asterisks and say, oh, this is what happened and all that. But when we talk about that 2011 uh, season, we don't say, well, that was the lockout season, so that's why that guy didn't play good <laughs> or not. No, we read it and talk about it as is. Hey, are the bucks? <laughs> they don't ask how. Exactly. So that's going to be the exact same scenario when it comes to this season. So, yeah, it, it, you don't have that luxury anymore. And don't look for the excuse either because it's not going to be there. Mike Tomlin also speaking about the backs on backers drill, a drill that is close and near and dear to Arthur Motes' heart and every single Pittsburgh Steelers fan's heart. Coach saying, it's a lot of teaching and learning the first time through. I think always a good reflection of backs on backers is the second time we do it and people have a chance to digest and learn. You were telling me about that, Arthur Motes, how uh, kind of it's a little different how you treat the first go-around of backs-on-backers versus maybe going forward. Oh, yeah, man. First day back, uh, first backs-on-backers well, practice that we had. Real quickly, sorry. To give the people what the, the practice is, right? Yeah, just I, I, I got you, I'm not, I'm not naive enough not to think that obviously we have a lot of hardcore X's and O's football fan, fans mm-hmm. listening right now, but I bet you we probably have some people listening that well, well, don't know what backs-on-backers is, so maybe I should have asked you to explain that first. Well, if you know Bad me, job hosting you, you by know me. I'm going 
gonna explain it anyways. No different when I talked about a six I know, technique. You're, you're you're just a consummate exactly. professional. I tell you about a six technique, and then I actually break it down what a six technique is. So for <laughs> backs on back is what that drill is. It's supposed to simulate your running backs and your tight ends blocking, uh, pass blocking your edge rushers and your interior linebackers, the guys who would traditionally be blitzing and things on that nature. So depend. So when we start backs on backers. If you're going against a running back, he's going to be aligned in a shotgun-type formation. So he's going to be typically five yards off the ball, lined up next to a guy who's your pseudo-quarterback. And the edge rusher, he's at the line of scrimmage. There is nobody to block him, (laughs) just a running back. And he gets a full head of steam, have at it. Running back cannot cut block. So typically on that first day of backs on backers, anytime you're going up against a running back, your job is to beat him and just break his face mask. That's the whole part. Like We're not trying to shake you. I'm not trying to make you miss. I'm trying to run through your face. Because traditionally, when backs on backers start, that's the running back's first time having contact because you do this to start practice. You go warm up. Individual period, backs on backers. So there is, you haven't hit anyone realistically up until then. Remember in that first segment when I was telling you about how when we're doing individual period, we take it serious and we're trying to hurt each other. Sure. We're not trying to hurt each other, but we're trying to beat each other up because we know we're going to have drills like this as soon as we get done with individual. As soon as that little 10-minute individual period is over, you're right here to a guy who's trying to take your face off. So, so you got to get you, your body ready. Exactly. So you try to warm up to what you want to. And you're going to get embarrassed, yeah. which happens a ton that first day in backs on backers. On it first, you know? Yeah, so we get to the backs on backers process, and I've seen numerous running backs, not only here in Pittsburgh, but a part of other teams when we had joint practices, Detroit Lions, Buffalo Bills, where those guys, they're tapping out like, but I don't want to do this drill. This sucks because you warm up to it, and that's the problem. And like I said, for us, man, we're trying to run through you, run smack through you, because we know in the game situation, if you were to cut me, where am I falling? I'm falling on that quarterback's knees. You're not going to cut me. You're going to have to stand up. And Coach Tomlin always talks about guys having to stand up like big dogs, put your face in the fan, those type of things. Everybody has something a little dirty about their job. Right. That's where all those scenes come from. Because, you know, the, these running backs, they don't want to do that. But that's why you respect guys like Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, even D'Angelo Williams once he finally got acclimated to it. Because, you know, if you standing up and you blocking one of us, in this drill, oh, you shouldn't have an issue come season. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of the times, even Benny Snell, we saw how much he improved with his pass blocking. It's a reason why the running backs in Pittsburgh block so well is because of drills like this. And then, like I said, that's the running back element. Now, the tight ends, theirs isn't as physical, but they have a tough job as well because they have to block us, the edge rushers, from a down tight end position. So it's not like they're lined up off the ball. They're hand on the ground. Right. And we're in a nine technique, right? So you, you so you're almost getting a little bit of a absolutely. Start. <laughs> so it's different. And when I say nine technique, that's outside shade of the tight end. So that's when you think of like T.J. Watt sprinter stance coming off the edge super fast. That's what that is. So for those guys, at least when you're doing one on one pass versus offense alignment, the offense alignment is standing up. He already has a little bit of depth, and he's mm-hmm. kick sliding back right when he pushes off of that front foot. Right, kicks the back foot back, so he has a little more space, a lot bigger also. So it kind of equalizes it, right, or neutralizes your your speed and, sure. and sometimes in that regard. As the tight end, though. From a side standpoint, tight end the outside linebacker, they're not too far off, so you don't have this big advantage. Right. And then you're in a three-point stance. Two-point stance is easy. That's kind of like what you see on punt team. Standing up. I can move a lot better standing up. Three-point stance, hand on the ground. You got to be quicker. Oh, man. And I got to go back, and I got to worry about you bull rushing me, shaking me inside, shaking me outside. It's a lot uh, – uh, it's, it's very difficult. But that's why when guys from an offensive standpoint get good at that drill – we know that they're going to help us in a big way come season time. And a lot of times with these drills, too, 
each day is themed to to slight one but put another in, in a really good situation so backs on backers is set up for the defense the defense should thrive in this if you're getting blocked in backs on backers we're going to be looking for new pass rushers. We're going to be looking for new interior rushers <laughs> because th- this is a drill you should never lose. Yeah. But now on the flip side is when we do the grab-grass drill where we're in a six technique. Remember I talked about earlier, as an edge rusher, defender, you're lined up, head up to that tight end. He can go right, left, or straight, and you got to react to You have to move off of his reaction. Oh, now you're at a, a, a crazy disadvantage. But when you get good at that, you know once the game starts – if I can do this drill, oh, when it's full of 11 and I got keys and everything else around me, sure. it's going to be easy. Sure. Coverage, same thing. So it's like each drill is slighted for one person to have an advantage, one person to be at a disadvantage. But at the end of the day, it's going to push us because we know in the game it's going to be times where you have a mismatch and it's not in your favor. Right. Are you going to call a timeout? Are you going to tell the coach I can't do it? Are you going to tell the fans, hey, hey, still the fans, I know y'all love me and all, but <laughs> this is a mismatch in case y'all ain't know, so uh, we're going to take this playoff. That's not how it works. Nope. You got to figure out a way to win. You got to find a way to, even when the chips are stacked against you, to overcome that adversity. And that's the thing that I love about what Coach Tomlin does because not only does he create the adversity from a physical standpoint, right, by just the alignment of some of these things, by some of the rules in terms of not being able to cut block and things like that. But then mentally, it creates the adversity that you need as well that you're going to face in the season. And both of those things go go hand in hand. You can't just be great mentally with adversity but not physically. Sure. You can't be great physically with adversity but not mentally. So when you're able to create these situations and circumstances that will play on both, will ultimately make you work at both and have to get better at both, that makes you such a more complete player. It makes your team as a whole more complete. So those are some of the things that we would do here in Pittsburgh, and obviously that they're still doing here in Pittsburgh, but leads to so much success. A view from the inside with Arthur Motes. Yeah, you know I'm saying, man, we just, just, just give him a little knowledge, baby. But anyways, again, about that backstop backers drill. No, I, yeah, you, I mean, you, you touch on a lot of great stuff there about just – in the sense of how it's difficult for running backs, but, right, if you can kind of sharpen your skill set in that environment, in that setting, then once you get into the game, it's almost maybe like, right, like um, you wear ankle weights, right, and then you take them off and you can jump through the roof, right, or the baseball player who puts, like, the the weight on his bat, right, and then you take the weight off the bat and you can swing it like crazy. It's Yeah, if you can learn how to succeed in those one-on-one situations – a great advantage come game Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Well, and the thing, too, with these drills, the the for the individual that's at the disadvantage, it makes you have to focus on your technique. Mm. Because when you have the advantage, you can be a little sloppy. Trust me, there's been plenty of times where we're doing backs on backers, and I know just off point, of my yeah. alignment versus tight end, I can fall step out of my first step because I'm just at the angle I'm in. I can give up two steps and I'm still going to be equal with this guy. Right. It's not like I'm going to be behind the eight ball like when we're doing pass rush versus a tackle where, hey, if I fall step, this dude is already kicked back three yards. I'm yep. trying to make up ground. Nah, that's different. So you can kind of, like I said, be a little lazy when it's in your favor. But when it's against you, you can't fall step. If you're that running back and you second guess, oh, if I should attack him or sit back or, or if I should punch him or, or what – yeah, one hesitation difference, so you getting ran over or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, or you made the initial pop, 
but now you stop moving your legs. So after the initial contact, this guy was able to continue to drive in or continue to counter and win. Yeah, Those are the fundamental things that you have to be extra sharp when in a drill like this. That's why it's so important with these drills that when you are the disadvantage, you don't go with the woe is me. You don't <laughs> go with the man, we never get a drill in our favor. Uh-uh. This is when you know, okay, I got to rise up. I got to be extremely sharp. So when we do the six technique, uh, excuse me, the six technique drill with the grab and grass that we talked about, and we'll see that probably in the next day or so because that's that's a part of the three that we do in rotation. That's Backs on backers, grab grass, and then routes. When, when it gets to that portion of it, you'll see how fundamentally sound the, D, the, the, the outside linebacker has to be because a false step, you're reached or yep. you're cut off in terms of the, the tight end trying to block you, whichever way he wants to block you. If you hesitate or if you, if you cock your arms back instead of just shooting your arms forward. So just to give you a little visual of it, right, when you're lined up in your stance, you got your feet parallel, you're squatting down, you're ready to go. All right, we would say you shoot your hands, right? Meaning as soon as the ball is snapped, you don't reach back. You go straight forward. When when you're reaching back, we say you reach for your six shooters like you a Cowboy Western. (laughs) It's not a good situation because your chest is exposed and that guy's firing off. easy, John Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave the the Clint Eastwoods at home. You want to go ahead and grab him right now. So that's that's some of the things that we would talk about. And when you saw it down on film, you could see it perfectly. And that's the difference between winning and losing in a six technique. But once you master your technique, once you master your footwork, not crossing over, head placement, all these other details that are associated with it, Mm. well, now when you get to the game, oh, man, it's super easy. Now when you get to a full team setting, it's super easy because you don't have to worry about this tight end going 20 yards right or 20 yards left once you get everybody out there. But for this drill, you do. So the only way you can combat that drill and win is if you are fundamentally sound. And trust me, like I said, and and go out there thinking, well, coach already knows we had a disadvantage, so we could lose anyways. It's okay. Go out there with that mentality you want to, and I can. I, I'm telling you from firsthand experience, you will do the drill every day until y'all win. I was on it. I've been on this team with Coach T numerous <laughs> years. I've had guys that had that same mentality, and literally six days straight, we did the same drill. And we was like, Yo, Coach, why are we still doing this? He said, Because this guy hasn't won a rep yet, and he walks around like it's okay, and it's not acceptable. And until y'all say something. Or he gets it, we're going to do this until he starts winning. No exaggeration, bro. And it was miserable because, like I said, it sucks to do the drills. It oh, sucks. Sure. But if you're going to have a guy that just walks around like, oh, this is what it is what it is, how is that going to make us better? So that's Coach Thomas' way of getting it, man. So trust me, it's never fun, even when you're at the disadvantage, but you got to go. And that's why for those running backs and backs on backers, trust me, man, they hating it right now. They got headaches right now. But I guarantee you the next day they do it, whether it's tomorrow or if it's two days from now, they are going to be way be better. better at it. They're going to be way focused on it from a technique standpoint. Emotionally, they're going to be better because they got called out today. Trust me, when you go to the team meetings tonight, they will be called out. They will put Coach we'll Thomas. Watch the film Coach Thomas is going to put that on the big board, big team meeting, and call each one of them out. Oh, this guy, no heart. This guy, look at that. Technique's terrible. He got ran over it. Hooping and hollering. Everybody's going to have a blast with it. That's just how it is. And he does it for a reason. But then the next time they do this drill, they'll be ready to go. Professor Motes dropping knowledge. 60 minutes in the books. Two hours to go. Tweet the show at Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. Uh, we got to start hour number two talking a little Cam Hayward. Some great comments from him today. And uh, he sounds like a guy who is ready to commit his future to the black and gold. But in his words, it takes two to tango. We will discuss as we open hour number two. He is Arthur Motes. I am Wesley Euler. You are listening to Steelers Blitz. On SNR. 
Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Like football is here. Well, that's good because football is here. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Hour number two, Steelers Blitz on SNR. Yins know the drill. Get those tweets in. It's also time for me to tell you that our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Arthur Motes, we're going to hear from uh, Cam Hayward here in about 10 minutes or so. But before we do, I mean, I don't know if you can overstate this guy's importance to the defense. Uh, Yes, we know T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick coming off uh, just absolutely phenomenal seasons. Cam, I still think, though, is he's the guy for that unit, right? Like, he is the veteran. He is, I believe so, now the longest tenured member of that Pittsburgh Steelers defense you and I, you know, we've been texting back and forth the last week or two as a uh, a lot of defensive tackles, a lot of defensive ends, even a couple, uh, you know, some nose tackles, nose guards as well to get their extensions. And there's been some uh, some decent money thrown around this offseason, Arthur Moach. A lot of decent money thrown around, babe. And so, you know, I, I don't want to pretend that, you know, I'm Omar Khan or I'm some capologist or, or even, you know, I'm, I'm Kevin Colbert and I'm sitting in the general manager chair uh, because obviously I'm not. Now I would. I mean, you know, if the Steelers, if the Steelers need to get a hold of me, I mean, you know, just 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 slide in my DMs on Twitter. All right, I'll send that you my, simple, man. I'll send you my phone number. Um, but I'm not naive enough, right, to know that there's not more minutia that goes into this. But at the same time, Motsi, like I am almost as close as I can be to saying, uh, pay that man his money and get it figured out. Right? Again, mm. again, I know that it's not just that simple. It's a salary pay cap. Pay that and, man. Stop playing uh, with him, it's, man. It's a salary cap league, right? Like, I know there's a lot of ramifications. You said they trying your friend and you tired of them trying them, huh? But unless uh, unless Cam Hayward's sitting there, you know, screaming that he wants Patrick Mahomes money, I I, I can't come up with many reasons not to uh, to get this deal across the line. How much do you think he wants? Whatever's fair. I mean, I'd say that market value is probably around twenty-five million a year, give or give or take a few million each way. Yeah. I mean, again, if we're looking, if we're looking around the league right now, Arthur Motes. Yeah. I mean, didn't the boy from Green Bay just get paid? He sure did. Yeah, we saw how that stacks up numbers. The numbers, productivity, yeah, and, uh, productivity. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he is not quite as good. It's a strong possibility that he's not as good as Cam Hayward. as Cameron Hayward. Strong possibility. So am I correct in saying that, Motes, or is there more to it than that? Because oh, huh, no, oh, no, to no. it, huh, get it, huh? No, that's not what I was doing there. Because um, right now, Cam Hayward's base salary is $9.5 million a year with uh, with a bonus. His cap hit comes out to just a little over 13 mil per. <sighs> I mean... My man deserves the money, man. Pay that man. He does. And I think, too, Motes, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, you know, they, they know the salary cap ramifications of this. But I think you and I can both agree, unless something astronomical happens this season, too, it's probably unlikely that you're going to be paying Bud Dupree almost $16 million against the cap next year, too. Right? True. And, and people need to understand that 
if a deal gets done with Ken, that still won't necessarily it won't affect the money for TJ Watt either. Because I know some people were thinking that, well, that's why they can't get a deal done with them. But the way apparently the way the money will be set up from the contracts is not going to have any issue or any effect on a TJ Watt or even a Juju, from my understanding. Cam right. is kind of I don't know how it is, but Cam is pretty much by himself with this type of deal right here. Now, I am uh, looking here um, on Spot Track, which is a uh, – it's an all-major sport league. Yeah. NFL, Nat, NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL. I mean, they've got soccer on here. They've got, like, PGA Tour salary stuff on here. It's crazy. Estimated market value, they're saying for Cam Hayward, is $17 million a yeah. year. I, they're always a little off, though. I think they're a little, they're low. A little off. I mean, in, that, in that regard. I get that they're factoring, you know, his age into consideration there, right? And you and I talked about this mm-hmm. with, with, um, you know, with some of the other guys who have signed their contracts this summer. But yeah, I mean, you can easily argue right now, Arthur Motes, that this guy is vastly underpaid compared to uh, his peers and what they accomplish. And right now, he's making six point six percent of the Steelers' salary cap. I do, like I said, I'm not going to pretend that I know the the ramifications, the the exact, you know, bottom line and, and salary figures and cap hits and all of that. But like I said, uh, short of, you know, Cam Hayward going in there and demanding astronomical money, I'm uh, I'm willing to uh, to to pay this man his worth to to keep him in Pittsburgh for the next few years while you still got Ben Roethlisberger while you're making a run at this thing. Yeah, that's how it has to be, though, man. You got to pay him. Period. I mean, you just think about what he means to this defense. Yeah. You think about... Before Bud Dupree got a 10-sack season, before T.J. Watt became All-World, hmm. the one constant through it all was who? Cam Hayward. Before Joe Hayden, after Joe Hayden, <laughs> after all these stars, he's still the one constant. He's still the guy that's productive. He's still the guy that's finding ways to beat double teams, to continue to push the pocket, to continue to just be an absolute monster across the D-line. I mean, the track record is there. It speaks for itself. He's a guy that you're supposed to reward. Not only is he great on the field, but you look at what he's done off the field. Multiple time uh, Walter Payton Man of the Award, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year yeah. award winner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't just get that by accident, you know. And, and the fact that he's been able to accomplish so much, like I said, both on and off the field, these are the type of guys you run award. He's still young. He's still very productive. He's not going to fall off a cliff in the next three to four years. No. You can bet your bottom dollar he still will be in that Pro Bowl, All-Pro conversation for the next three years. That's just who he is. So you take care of that. That That's the guy that you don't yeah. let walk. That's the guy that you don't allow to leave because just imagine the president that sends going, I mean, for your team, for your younger players going forward. It's true. A guy that, I mean, when we talk about when they paid to it, it was more so on the potential, right? But this is a guy that not only has potential, but has the productivity. Not only does he have the productivity, he has the accolades. He has the off-field stuff as well. Whereas with the other guys that have been getting paid, they haven't. They don't have the complete package like that or the longevity like that. These guys you take care of. Yeah. Pay that man. Simple, man. Pay that man. Small bills, too. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. As long as it spends, it's all that matters. Just as long as, as, long as the... Uh... You know, as long as the dollar amounts right, I think he'll take it. However, yeah. cash check. You know, they are saying there's a coin circulation or a shortage in circulation right now. Yeah, I know, man. So don't pay Cam in coins because then we really might not have any coins. And, and none of that. And none of that funny money either. I, I don't want no oh no this monopoly is, money. Either that or, or with, 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 I give you some cryptocurrency. I give you some of this and some of that. Uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, let, you let, big into Bitcoin. No, nah, no. Nah, let me get my money in regular coin. What about in uh, stock portfolio options? 
team option, yes. Oh, percentage of the team contract. Wow. Oh, now we're really getting into it here. <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> now we're really getting into it here. Uh, we're gonna take I'll a take break. a little less on the front end. You just give me a percentage <laughs> of this team on the back end, now, baby. That's, uh, that's, like the, uh, that's the Mario Lemieux investment Dang. right there. <laughs> All right. He, he know what's up. Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler rolling along here at Steelers Blitz on SNR. We talked about Cam Hayward. Let's hear from Cam Hayward on the other side. We will do that when we return. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, S. Hooked on that football feeling, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler having some fun on a Monday, the first day of padded practice. And I don't know about you, Arthur Motes, you know, I was thinking about this over the break. I should have asked you this. You know, we're talking about Cam. We're going to hear from Cam here. In a second, you know, we're talking a lot about backs on backers and physicality in the first day of padded mm-hmm, practice. Mm-hmm. You know, with the uh, contract situation up in the air, you know, maybe a little something to prove, maybe a little chip on his shoulder, if you will. I think Cam Hayward's one of the last guys I'd want to hit me right about now. I don't know about you, Motsi, but... Well, that's why I play defense, because I don't <laughs> want to be you hit do by the hitting, anyone, right? actually. Yeah. <laughs> that is right. I mean, you can... I don't even want to be touched. <laughs> That's how you first tell the difference between like the the mindset of why the kid wanted to play football, right? Mm-hmm. About when you get to middle school. Because I feel like it's it's a nice divide, right? You have half the kids oh, who yeah. and usually at that age you're playing both sides of the ball anyways. But you have half the kids who really just want to play defense. I'm yes. I'm sure that's how you are. That's how I always was, right? I just wanted to hit somebody. I just want to play defense. Then you got half the kids who they just want the ball. They just want to score touchdowns. They want to dance in front of the cheerleaders. They want to wave at their mom in the stands. Oh, yeah. And they want all the glory. Absolutely, man. That's traditionally how it goes. <laughs> like I say, man, for me, I, re- I get more pleasure out of smacking somebody and making them say, ah, ooh, drop the ball, take the ball, Tap whatever. Tap on their helmet. Yeah, than I, than I ever got scoring a touchdown. And that's the thing. Like, a lot of the guys that play defense, people always came with that whole notion, oh, if you play Defense because he can't catch or he can't this, he can't that. And it's like, no, a lot of times we could do it just as good if we wanted to play running back or play tight end or whatever it may be. We just find more enjoyment this way. I say you, it's easier to be a star, too, on defense. A lot of people forget that. Like on offense, it's dependent upon the quarterback. You got a quarterback that's going to throw you the ball. If you're a running back, there's your O-line block. If you play O-line, you're not getting no love. As a, as a defender, think about J- J- Javon Hargrave was a, a household name and got paid millions of dollars. Because he could rush the pass from interior D lineman. If you a guard, it ain't the same. No one talking about you like that, baby. It, it, like you got to be out of this world. Think about it, you have to be Quentin Nelson, David DeCastro type yeah. to be talked about as an interior Alan offensive Fanica. lineman, right? Defense man, I can I can go down the list and name interior D lineman who aren't even like that, but 
hey, you know him. <laughs> so for me, man, that's why I always love defense. I'm like, man, you can have them touchdowns. I'd rather get paid to beat you up, and people going to love me for it. Let's hear from the leader of that defense, Cam Hayward. He spoke to the media this morning talking about his contract, how talented this defense is, what it's been like getting uh, geared up in an unprecedented offseason. Here's what Cam had to say. Go ahead, Mark Cabali, The Athletic. Hey, Cam, what's up? How you doing, Mark? Well, I'm pretty sure you know what's coming right here. Could you just take us through uh, any contract negotiations and where it stands, and uh, do you think that we'll get done here within the next couple weeks? Man, uh, honestly, there's no new updates. Um, you know, I think we're in, what, the third week again? Um, but um, nothing of any substance. Um, you know, uh, y'all know where I stand. Uh, you know, I want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, I want to lead this team to a Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll see where we are. You know, um, I love my team. I love my teammates. Uh, you know, I love the city, the coaches. Um, and I love being a Pittsburgh Steeler. But, um, you know, um, you got to take two to tango. You know, I, I want to be here. And, I, you know, I just have to see what happens. You know, there's, what, a couple more weeks before the season. And, all I can focus on is what I can control, and I'll leave it at that. Joe Rudder. Um, can you hear me? Oh, there we go. You got good now? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Kind of follow up on what Mark asked you. Um, have they said anything to you? Like, here's. We want you to come back, but like, here's the parameters we're working in with code. You know, have they explained what the hangups might be or the issues? Uh, you know, I know uh, dealing with the coronavirus definitely halted a lot of things. And um, early on, we had set dates to talk, and um, you know, we went past those dates, and uh, nothing really got resolved or you know, really ramped up in anything. Um, my agent's talking to them, but there hasn't been anything of substance yet. Hey, Cam, you got me? Oh, you got Ray on. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, is it me? Yes, it's you. Okay, sorry. Hey, Cam. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> Good. You know, last time I think we talked to you, you talked about having asthma and making the decision, you know, whether or not you were going to play. Um, I've seen that you said, yes, you are going to play. You're obviously here at camp. What was that decision process like for you being a high risk guy and what kind of extra precautions, if any, are you taking for yourself and, you know, around your, your family and your kids? Yeah. You know, uh, for me, um, it was a conversation I had to have with not only, um, myself, but my wife, my family, and my agent, um, you know, and I felt comfortable going forward, um, you know, seeing certain protocols, um, you know, obviously I'm taking care of my body uh, outside the football field um, to make sure uh, I'm in the right position. Um, but, uh, you know, after those talks um, and seeing the protocols, whether it's, you know, the we have these little face shields um, that we can wear, um, you know, I just felt comfortable with it. Um, you know, I thought it would be beneficial for me to play and, 
um, you know, I'm excited. You know, uh, I'm all in, and I, under, I know I'm a high-risk athlete, but um, going in this year, I want to make sure uh, I'm 100% in this. All right. Now, Ray Fittipaldo. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, Tim, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, just one more on the contract thing. I, I know that uh, you've seen a lot of your teammates sign one day, two days before you know the season starts. Does that give you some faith that it can still happen for you, or has this entire pandemic just really have you you know soured on the entire process? Man, uh, it's pretty uncertain right now. Um, I don't know what to take. Uh, you know, at the same time, I see a lot of my, you know, teammates in the past have done it. Um, but I know NFL business is moving forward. You know, you see guys getting their contracts resolved. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to have faith, but, you know, uh, I'm going to be ready to play either way. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm locked in on this season. Uh, and this won't be a hindrance on my performance this year. Dale Lawley. Hey Cam, I'm just wondering. Uh, you guys lose Todd Hargrave this this off season, uh, but you get mm -hmm. Stefan Tuitt back. Um, how has Tuitt looked thus far, and are you uh, kind of chomping at the bit to to get out there in the field with him? Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know the heart goes fonder when you're away, and um, for Tuitt personally, I think uh, he's itching to go. He's raring to go. Um, you know, I understand we lost Javon Hargrave, um, and we won't be able to replace him completely. Um, but having a heady veteran like, you know, Tyson Alulu, um, Big Dan coming into shape, uh, you know, and having two it there, um, I think we can more than, more than enough sustain that. Um, you know, we just got to stay healthy um, and continue to be a co cohesive unit. Everybody just remember to raise your hand if you want to ask a question, all right? Next, we're going to have Mike Prezuda. Greetings from the parking lot, Cam. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You better not be parallel parked. <laughs> no. Or double no. parked. I'm, I'm good. Thanks for the concern, though. <laughs> hey, your brother plays in a conference where he's being told it's unsafe to play. Mm -hmm. uh, you're in a league that it's being deemed safe to play. Have you guys had any conversations about that? Um, you know, uh, I think the thing that's different in both is um, – you know, from the NFL, there was a leadership position where um, across the board, uh, every team was going to respond the same way with protocols. Um, when you get down to the NCAA level, um, they kind of just went full reign to let conferences decide. And, um, you know, my brother would tell me week in and week out what was going on. And, um, you know, he's dealing with that. Uh, but uh, I know he's raring to go. I know he's excited about uh, whenever they play. This is just going to give them an opportunity to keep training and be prepared. Okay, I just unmuted. Derek Bell. Okay, hey, Cam, how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. So um, this is the first time you've not had training camp at St. Vincent's College, right? Mm -hmm. um, can you shed some light on what this experience is like for you going through training camp compared to all the others you've been with everything involved with football right now in the COVID? 
Yeah, you know, uh, it's definitely different. Um, you know, being here at uh, Heinz Field as opposed to Latrobe, I feel like Latrobe, um, we're already in a bubble where it's, uh, you know, it's everything football nonstop. And here, um, we get a chance to go home to our families and still stay on uh, up with current events and such. But, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, different protocols are being set. And, um, having, uh, you know, Coach T has done a great job of just simulating um, ways where we could be affected by the, the virus, whether it's um, having the bets be in a Zoom call and everybody's in the bets are up in a player suite and then the rookies are in team meeting and then doing it vice versa. Um, you know, we're trying to prepare ourselves that if there is um, a mishap or a shutdown of any sort, um, we're able to stay on task and stay uh, ready for the games. Aditi Kinkwabala. Sorry, Aditi, it's not letting me unmute you. There you go. Okay. Hey, Cam. Hi, Aditi. How are you? Uh, hanging. Excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> You, you talk about being healthy. So what's the big key now these next few weeks? Nobody's been in pads since January. You have to obviously get ready. You need to see these younger guys be physical, but right. you haven't hit in a long time. So what, what's the magic here? Well, I think we got to walk a fine line between that. You know, I know we want to be physical, um, but we want to make sure we get guys to, to the games. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, not going full, full, uh, full tackling and full hitting um, through all the way through practice, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, coaches being able to blow the whistle up pretty quick. Um, you know, we're not looking for drag down tacklers where guys' foots are stuck in the ground and trying to cut out of it. Um, but, you know, we got to show our physicality in ways. Um, you know, we got to show we can be physical at the point of attack um, because um, once we get to September, uh, things are going to be moving awfully fast. So it's going to hit us before we know it. Great. Up next, we're going to have Will Graves. Hey, Cam. Um, something that got, like, lost in the shuffle here just because everything that happened was, you know, the CBA got passed, like, literally, I think, right at the shutdown. And I don't think we've asked any <laughs> guys about it. Some of your teammates, I mean, hell, Pounce was willing to pay salaries for younger players to help them vote against. And I'm just sort of curious, in a way, because of the economic uncertainty going forward, is it almost a blessing that that sort of labor agreement got settled before this stuff hit? You know, uh, you know, there were a lot of factors going into that. Um, we were up against a pandemic. Um, you know, we could have been dealing with a strike. Uh, I don't know how we would have striked in such a climate that we're in now. Um, you know, I appreciate the leadership. Uh, they got the deal done. Um, did we get everything we want? No. Um, but, you know, this keeps our game healthier. Um, it keeps guys in the league longer. Um, and, you know, it helps guys uh, achieve more money uh, in in this business. So you know, with that said, you know, I I appreciate um, all the different you know people that were involved in that. Um, you know, guy like Pouncey who's willing to do that uh, almost helps us because then we know um, we have a we have a place where um, it's not just uh, NFL versus NFLPA. It's the players involved too, um, and you know. Uh, it was pretty uh, extraordinary what we got done in such a little bit of time. Right, I got time for one last question here. So we're going to go to Jeff Hawthorne. Hey, Cam. How you doing? I'm good. You? I'm all right. 
I'm just wondering the confidence you guys and you as a defensive captain having Devin Bush in the middle and calling plays and taking another step his second year here. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we have a lot of older guys uh, that are very confident. Um, and we expect Devin to not only match us, but exceed us. You know, uh, him being a second guy, um, we see some guys either, you know, elevate or they can they go through a sophomore slump and you know we can't allow Devin to do that you know we know he has all the talent um you know he can be in in any personnel he's a three down back and um going forward you know we just ask him to have, have confidence in what he's doing you know um he's been through the ringer he's been uh, he's seen everything there is in this game so uh he's got to take a big step for us to get where we want to all right, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I'm so sorry because Cam has another thing he's got to do. So thanks, guys. we will be back with Dunbar in just a little bit. Cam Hayward speaking to the Pittsburgh media this morning. We're up against a break here, but we will discuss uh, some more of the comments that Cam made there on the other side. A reminder that Steelers training camp media availabilities, all of the audio that we play you from coaches and players uh, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Closing out our number two of the program. We just heard from Cam Hayward there before we went to break. Gut feeling, Arthur Motes. One of three options I got for you, okay? With Cam, okay. As it relates to Cam Hayward. Um, option number one, extension gets signed before the season. Okay. Option number two, extension does not get signed before the season. Cam Hayward hits free agency, but mm. but still ends up signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all right. Keep going. Or option number three, extension does not get done. Cam Hayward does not sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He signs elsewhere. Which of those three options, you know, if you were a betting man, <laughs> would you uh, would you be leaning towards as we sit here today, August seventeenth, twenty twenty? Look, man, we got to keep the hope alive. All right. And all we can keep the hope alive is they get this deal done option number prior one. to training camp. So you think yes. option number two is completely unrealistic? Absolutely. If he hits the market, there is no return. That's <laughs> like when Hargrave hit the market. Oh, yeah, he's out here for a couple of days. Maybe he's going to sign back. Nah, bro. Yeah. Someone's going to give him no question, man. a he's nice, too, he's too a nice talented, chunk of money. Too talented, too productive, relatively healthy, still young. You pay those type and, of guys. And let's right? be honest, too. Not every team in the National Football League, right, is a salary cap team like the Steelers. Exactly. So hey, they got there's, plenty there's money. There's plenty of teams out yeah. there that, that, yeah, that aren't as strapped for cash, aren't spending to the salary cap mm -hmm. every year, you know, trying to win every year like the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Well, and not even necessarily trying to win, but if you have a sure. younger team. Or if you're you, not paying your quarterback. Absolutely. You got younger pieces around that haven't hit them second and third contracts. That's, that's the model right there. That's how you do it. Absolutely. See, Chiefs. Chiefs, Kansas City, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Javon Hargrave, some not so great news with him, right? Was it a hamstring injury? No, no. They say it's an upper body injury, upper body injury that he okay. sustained today in practice. They say he's going to miss several weeks. They haven't specified what it is just yet. But, man, it's been numerous guys getting hurt. I know. With the with this start of a uh, training camp, Joe yeah. McCoy, Joe McCoy, out he's for out. the year. Yeah, Torres quad today. Uh, Derek Barnett, DN, promising talent with the Philadelphia Eagles as well. He's going to miss some time. Uh, AJ Green, left they said he has a knee early. injury, so they don't know how significant it is. Um, the Cardinals, uh, was it Robert Alford? Yep. He just uh, did something with this pack. He's going to miss some time. I mean, the list goes on and on in terms of it being day one and you having these major injuries. I'm just hoping this isn't going to be. Similar to like the 2011 year where yeah. no offseason, a ton of guys got hurt and things like that. Man, that's what you don't want to see. We do not want this to be a theme of the 2020 offseason. <sighs> but at the same time, if it did happen, I would not be surprised. Hey, because history, it's, history it's, shows us, right, yeah. that when you have the lack of offseason, you have quite often more injuries. Yes, indeed, man. So hopefully guys can stay healthy, man, going forward and things like that. But that's definitely something that we should uh, definitely keep an eye on, you know. We will as we roll along here in the coming weeks, Arthur Motes. Uh, another thing we'll keep an eye on, Des Bryant expected to work out with the Baltimore Ravens this week. I figured they would work out a receiver. Yeah, me Just too. did not think it would be that one. I did not think it would be that guy. The one who hasn't really played in like what, like three years now? Has it been, th- has it been three? I mean, because he signed with the Saints, but then he... No, in- he tore his Achilles that year. Right. And then... So he didn't play this past year. He's no, this is the Achilles year. Was yeah, this, this the Achilles past year? year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's been what two? Has it been two or three years? I thought it was two because he still played that. I uh, think you're he right. had that one yeah, year in Dallas, right. but he I was still like dealing with the injuries. I thought maybe I don't know. Let's look. Des Bryant, ProFootballReference.com. 2017 was the last time he played in the NFL. So yeah. he missed the 18th season. He missed the 19th season. This would be yeah, yeah. Uh, Des yeah, Bryant because he, he signed in 18. With the Saints, remember at the like middle midpoint of the year. That's right. And then towards Achilles, which That's right. made him miss the rest of that year and all of last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just had some killer seasons 2012, 13, 14. Uh, I mean, even in 16, he was really good. But look at this 2014 stats, Boatsy. Uh, 1,300 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns. That's insane. Led the league in touchdowns over 1,300 receiving yards uh but yeah i'm were you surprised that it's going to be des bryant working out uh with the ravens and not uh the artist formerly known as number 84 of the pittsburgh steelers yeah i mean especially when you talk about how they were one of the teams remember it was them and the seahawks they were really high on ab doing all the research all the due diligence and all these other things and i mean i thought it was kind of a foregone thing that once his suspension got uh once this suspension became final and they said how many games was going to be, that you would see one of these teams go ahead and sign them. But that has not been the case. So it's very interesting, man. And it's not just them two teams. Uh, we talked about the Niners. They signed uh, Tavon Austin yep. and J.J. Nelson yep. this past week. Um, we've seen numerous teams bringing in different players for workouts and stuff like that, in particular teams that need wide receivers. And we haven't seen A.B. be one of those guys not even on the list for a workout. So it's going to be interesting True. to see how that whole situation plays out for him, man. Yeah, and you with me thinking that if he doesn't get at least, you know, a, a look from somebody during training camp, that that doesn't bode well for his chances to play this year, right? The yeah, eight, yeah, absolutely The eight-game right. suspension, I mean, if you're going to sign this guy, right, I think you would want to get him in now so that he can get some work in before that suspension kicks in. Yeah, because the way the suspension works is 
once the season, the regular season starts, he is not allowed in your football building. He's not allowed around your coaching right. staff. Not around. Not allowed around. It's like an out of school like suspension. That. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Whereas right now he would be quote unquote the in school suspension, where he's able to practice with the team, be around the team, do everything with the team up until the regular season starts. So you would want him in there sooner rather than later, so he has more time. Because the alternative is you bring him in once his suspension is lifted, and that's eight nine weeks into the season. Talk about hopping on a moving train. You don't know his conditioning level. You don't know how long it's going to take him to adapt to the playbook, yep. adapt to the coaching staff, and all these other things, et cetera. So, yeah, man, I, I, if I'm one of these organizations and I really wanted to bring him in, I'm doing it sooner than later. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Before we close out, or I should say maybe as we close out hour number two, I had a, some, you know, we talked a little bit about the right tackle battle earlier. I had a couple other roster bubble guys that I wanted to run past you, all right? And okay. I guess this kind of, you know, along the lines of will Cam Hayward be with the Steelers next year? Will these three guys, yes or no, Arthur Motes, be with the Steelers this year? Okay, you ready for this? Okay. Three guys at three different positions for you. Let's and hear it. I'm sure you'll be upset to hear that all three are unfortunately on the offensive side of the field. It doesn't surprise me. I know how you get down. First guy that I want to know, Arthur Motes, when the Steelers open uh, the season is September 14th, I believe, correct? Mm-hmm. It a Monday night football in New Jersey against the Giants at MetLife Stadium. Is Jalen Samuels on the Steelers roster? Uh, I want him to be, but I don't think he will. I think it'll probably end up being... Uh, I think they either carry three backs... And maybe one practice squad. And you could probably stick a guy like Kareth on the practice squad. I don't know if Wendell Small will be able to be on the practice squad. I, think, I so. think if he's going to make the team, he's going to have to be the outright fourth guy. Yeah. But, yeah, that, I don't see a scenario where Jalen makes it right now, honestly. What say you, though? I think I concur. It's tough. <sighs> I mean, you said you want him up there. Yeah, you do, right? right? Just, and, and you and I have talked about it. I think you're also the, you're starting to get to that point where the draft capital that you invested in him, that's not really yeah, necessarily yeah, a consideration anymore. anymore. Yeah. So maybe right, we would in the if it was last year or certainly the year before, that would have given him the edge over a Wendell yes. Smallwood or a Kareth White. Maybe that's not enough anymore now in year three. I'm going to lean towards no, kind of echo what you said, not because necessarily I don't believe in the guy, but just because I think it's a very crowded room and just the odds would would point to maybe some some other options for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you could say the same thing about this next guy, Arthur Motes. When the Steelers open the season, is Ryan Switzer on the roster? Oh, man. Let's see. How many receivers do we have right now Ooh. that we know Juju. make it? Juju, Deontay. Claypool, Deontay. James. James Washington. Claypool. You already said him. That, that's yeah, four. That's four. Yeah. Those are the four locks. I think those are the four locks. Stone cold locks. Then after that, it's kind of up in the air. Mm. At least for two spots. At least for two spots. We know that he plays special teams and wide receiver. Special teams helps. He'll be on the roster. Ooh! Unless you let, uh, because I'm trying to, Claypool, Juju, Deontay, James White, I mean, Deontay what you, what Johnson. You, yeah, what are you going to say? Deion Kane? So that's five guys right there. So even with that, even with the five, because I right. left, that's what we left off. I left off Deontay Deon last time. Or so D- that's yeah, still okay. five. Yeah. I think De- it's a yes. They're not taking Deion Kane over him, are they? I think it's a yes, Arthur Motes. 
I think it's a yes. Last one for you. We all had the fever last season for about two or three weeks. I'm talking duck fever. All right. Okay. Okay. Devlin Duck Hodges, is he on the roster when it gets finalized for the 2020 season? Yes, he will be on the roster Ooh. without a doubt. Bro. What do you think, man? I, I think, man, for me, we talked about how last year at times Duck looked like the more comfortable quarterback. He looked like the more polished quarterback between him and Mason. We knew Mason – had the better intangibles in terms of you know ball placement and stuff like that but he didn't want to cut it loose honestly whereas with duck duck didn't have that issue cutting it loose so when i think of that it's like yeah i see the same scenario where duck is going to excel in practice there's no pressure for him right there he's already been in in stadiums and big time games and held his own and it's going to be really him versus paxton lynch because we know mason's going to be on the team right kevin colbert has already made that very clear so, yeah, do I think Duck can beat out Paxton Lynch? Without a doubt. Do I think Duck can beat out JT Barrett? Without a doubt. So, yeah, I'm rolling with the Duck, man. Get, get, the, get the quack quack ready. Yeah, I'll be – I mean, I would like to see – you know, it's one of the things that – the nerdy football things, right, that I'll miss about, you know, training camp at Latrobe. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to watch Paxton Lynch at training camp. You know? Would have been cool, man. Just to see what's, 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 the, what's the dealio there, you know? Um, with that in mind – you wonder too, how does a guy like Paxton Lynch, former first round pick, yeah, crazy talented, but he's, has never been able to put it together. It's what, like six foot five, isn't he too? Mm-hmm. Like he's got the body frame to yeah. play quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's one of the things that I would really like to keep an eye on. But I think I'll lean with you for now, just because the experience, the history, um, and all of that happening in a condensed off season. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. We will get to those in hour number two. We will all, or hour number three, pardon me. We will also in the final hour of the show hear from look. Juju Smith Schuster. And I was gonna say, look at you detailing your work. I'm proud of you, man. The lit one. Lit, lit, lit. Juju and hopefully Rebecca. We'll hear from them both in the final hour of the show. All right. <laughs> I'm with it. Right? We got the, the yeah. little one Rebecca here on the show. Yeah, yeah, we all know that yeah, Juju yeah. is you know, the little one, man. period. Yeah, yeah, you threw me off. I was like, how many lit ones we got right well, now? I'm uh, with it, though. Rebecca did just tweet us like 10 minutes ago. I'm going to say, because one is litty, though. You, you need to detail your work a little bit more. Well, there's the lit one, and then the there's... The lit one, and then there's the litty one. Oh. Juju isn't just lit. He's litty. Oh. We'll put, get into all that. Put some respect on it. In the third hour of the show, we will also, like I said, as always, get to your reactions. So question, comments, concerns, get those tweets in. We will answer them in hour number three. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
inside the Electric Factory, Euler and Motes on SNR, having some fun on a Monday, the first day of padded practice. A reminder that our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I did a little Colin Cowherd there. I didn't mean yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, I heard, I'm man. brought to you by PNC Bank. Well, see, ah, I, I know deep down you you like a little Colin Cowherd, was right. man. Where Colin was Rob. You, you got a little Colin Cowherd in you, I man. do think he's very talented. I obviously don't always agree with him. I know mm-hmm. that he does the – and look, Moats, it's – um. You know, being a national radio host, right, to get to the, the position yes. of a Colin Cowherd, it's almost like getting to the position of, like, I don't know, like being a senator or being the president or being a Supreme Court justice, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of boxes that you got to check. Yes. You know, so I get that a lot of what those guys do a lot of times isn't necessarily maybe how they're truly genuinely feeling. It's part of a show. It's part of a shtick. Mm-hmm. Like when Colin Cowherd goes on his show and he talks up Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers for an entire week. Yes. And then the following week he picks them to go seven and nine. Very true. So he talks about the Steelers. Oh, great. Butters him up for a week. I love Big Ben. He's one of my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. And then picks the Steelers to go 7-9 and nine after singing their praises for a week. So I get it. But I do think he's very talented. But I was not trying to have the Colin Coward delivery there. Oh, where Colin was right. Where Colin was wrong. Arthur Motes. Who have been the three most talked about debated, discussed Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason, in your opinion? Big Ben, yep. Juju, yep. Bud Dupree contract. Ooh, now see, I would have probably gone James Conner third. But well, you could say his health in there as well. But but, I, but yeah. I'm with you, and, and definitely I think the first one you're spot on, Big mm-hmm. Ben and his health, obviously. Anytime yeah. a two-time Super Bowl winning future franchise, or future Hall of Fame franchise quarterback goes down and has major elbow surgery, that's going to be a discussion point, Without obviously. A uh, and I think I'm with you. I think Juju... Right on the tails of that. How much? It it was clear cut them too. Yes. And then, like you said, you can make a case for James Conner. You can make a case for Bud. Mm -hmm. You can even make a case for just putting love on TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Offensive line was another kind of big talking point in the offseason. He he talked. Yeah, he was. He was Uh, talking. Hope for Deontay Johnson was was a big talking point in the offseason. But yeah, Juju certainly up there. Um, how much of last year was related to injuries? How much was the absence of Big Ben? How much of it was being the number one wide receiver for the first time? It was a tumultuous season for Juju for a lot of different reasons last year. And a reminder that he lost his position coach, a guy that he was very close with, right before the season started as well. So stuff off the field, uh, stuff on the field with injuries, his quarterback going down, some underperforming certainly of his own. It was a rough year for Juju. He is definitely ready to turn the page and get ready he is rearing to go chomping at the bit if you will ahead of 2020 and here is what number 19 had to say about putting that 2019 behind him and getting ready for 2020 we will get started with brooke Pryor of espn go ahead brooke hey juju um sorry to get started with kind of a big question big picture question but just curious what did you learn about yourself last year in a season where you had no Big Ben, you were the number one receiver, and you dealt with an injury. Um, I mean, something that's definitely different for me. Um, I definitely, uh, those things are all unexpected. But at the end of the day, you know, we work with who we have, and we go out there and we play at the end of the day. Uh, one thing with me, I never had a serious injuries where I've been out for multiple weeks uh, for that long. So that was something I knew that I had to learn, you know, as, as a young guy. And, you know, also being a number one receiver for a team, 
it was just more so that, you know, making sure that if I wasn't playing, making sure everybody else was a part, uh, doing their thing and make sure that, you know, we get in and out of the games. All righty, let's move on to Ed Bouchette of The Athletic. Ed, go ahead. Hey, Juju. Hey, do you expect to sign a new contract this year before the season starts? Um, as of that right now, you know, I'm not worried about that. It's more so just playing ball. Uh, you know, with everything going on right now, you just never know what can happen. So, uh, you know, if it's for me, you know, I would love to be a stiller. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm here to play ball, win game for the team and the organization. Thanks, Ed. All right. Let's go to Richie Walsh. Rich, if you're on. Yeah. Hey, Juju. What did um What did you do this off season that was that was different than what you normally did, and why did you decide to change up your routine a little bit? Uh, you, you know, usually I work out with uh, a few guys, you know, a couple other players. Um, this year I changed the routine of working out one on one with Corey Kelly, a guy who's a high performance coach, um, you know, teacher. Pretty much, you know. I wanted that one-on-one -on -one session where, you know, I can tone down my body, get more lean, get more ripped, and pretty much, you know, just become stronger. And I think what helped me a lot was the individual work and just having like that one-on-one -on -one session instead of, you know, being with the big group. So it's definitely helped, helped me out so much in the long run. So, yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, Mike Prezuda. Mike, go ahead. Juju, in addition to the strength work, um, what did you identify as things in your control that, that you can improve in your game? A lot of the stuff that happened last year was out of your control, but uh, anything you focused on uh, besides the strength and uh, getting ripped, as you put it? Uh, for me, it's more so just knowing the offense, you know, on a better standard. Uh, I will say last year, you know, I knew outside, inside. Uh, this year, I learned to play the backside of our receiver, and you know, being able to play anywhere on the field, in the backfield, you know, as a running back. So uh, with all the factors that's going on, you know, it, we're, we're, it's something that I want to master, you know, before, you know, before the season where, you know, I know the whole offensive playbook. All right, let's go to Will Graves of the Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Hey, Juju. I mean, you know, life comes at you pretty fast. I mean, not that long ago, we're talking about you being the youngest guy in the league, and now you're the most experienced guy in that room, at least in terms of this offense. I mean, how do you – do you consider yourself a leader in that room, and what's it like working with guys that, you know, and one day might be here and, and you might not be? I mean, you might be molding them in some ways to replace you, whether – depending on how the business goes. Almost definitely. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I want success, you know, for everybody. You know, we, we draft the young guy. Uh, Chase Taypool, you know, I'm super excited to work with him. You know, his athleticism is, is amazing. Uh, I think for myself, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the, if I make him better, it makes me better. Um, I compete. Uh, like you said, you know, I'm, you know, age, probably one of the still, you know, one of the youngest guys, but experience, you know, with the team, um, you know, that's where I come in the most. You know, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I want everybody to be successful and, if I make them better, it makes me work harder to keep my job. And at the end of the day, like I said, we just want to win games and do our thing. All right, let's go to Chris Adamski. Chris, go ahead. 
Hey, Juju, just two things real quick. I mean, you talked about, you asked about the contract. Have you guys had any negotiations, your agent at all talked? Is there any movement in turn? You're down to about three or four weeks here before the, before the deadline and for an extension before the season. And then how do you see kind of their division of labor with, with, you know, the, the four or five of you guys this season at wide receiver? Can everybody play every position or are people going to slot into different roles? Uh, so with the contract wise, um, that's between, you know, my agent and the Steelers. Uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm just here to play ball. Uh, I'm not going to be the type of guy who sits out and wait. Um, I'm going to play, you know, regardless if there's a contract or not. Uh, and then also with the guys, your receivers, I mean, we can go into no huddle and we can have so many different players playing so many different positions. And that's like the, the best part of it. And, you know, when having Ben and having him to call no huddle and call what he likes, um, you know, I think that's where we have a lot of success. All righty, let's go to Aditi Kinkle Bauer. Aditi, if you're on, go ahead. Hi, Juju. We've talked a little bit about what all these other younger receivers can do and how you might all, you know, sort yourselves out. But what's the one thing that you offer, both in the meeting room and on the field, that nobody else does? What's the one thing you have? Man, just having fun. You know, I'm definitely the guy who's uh, trying to make everybody laugh, enjoy their job. Um, making the best out of it. You know, I think there's days where we're, where we're tired, where we're down, we just like, feel like we just don't want to do it. But I'm, I'm the guy who comes in to like, man, let's go, man, let's have fun today, make the best out of it. Uh, like I said, we're always lit. Let's go to Jenna Harner. Jenna, if you're on. Gigi, you talk about having fun. Is there a little bit of an added excitement ahead of today, knowing you guys are putting pads on for the first time? Oh, for sure, for sure. I think the past couple of days we've been talking about uh, going, you know, doing one on ones, and the DB's been talking, the deep side line been talking, the O line's been talking, the running back is talking. So I think today will be our first day with pads, and everyone's going to be hitting and going full speed. Just a reminder, everybody, if you would raise your hand, we'll get you a question. Um, let's go to Alan Saunders. Alan, if you're on. Hey, Juju, what did you take away from, from last season uh, from the perspective of not having Ben Roethlisberger? And how did that maybe uh, teach you things about your game or, or what you could do better? Uh, and how do you think that's going to impact things for you now that you're getting him back? I mean, you know, the thing like, you know, Coach Thomas says, you know, next man up, you know, we play who we have. Uh, I think with Mason, you know, we, we go into the season, you know, having a, uh, a better game plan, having a better uh, – playbook kind of, you know, going to each game moving forward. Uh, the thing with Ben, he's so spontaneous. You know, he's been doing for so long with the experience that he has. He's able to go into the game and just do no huddle and just, you know, call plays, you know, on the back of his hand. So, um, you know, having the back is just a plus. But at the end of the day, you know, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take the defense. It's going to take the special team. So we just got to do our job, you know, collectively. All right, let's go to Christopher Carter. Chris? Hey, Juju, speaking of Ben, uh, you you have the most experience working with him uh, of, of the receiving core, and you saw you worked with him before camp. You've worked with him, you know, now that you guys have been at Heinz Field. What's been some of the challenges you guys have been trying to get your rhythm back? It's it's more so not – it's not a really a challenge. Um, like I said, I think one thing that we did, you know, before camp, you know, we always threw with him, and that, which I was a good part, you know, having the, the young guys. And that's, like, the biggest part for us is, like, the young guys trying to get used to him. Obviously, me, James, Deontay, Swiss, we played with them uh, before, but like Chase Capel, some of the other guys that are coming in that he has to work with, 
uh, some of the running backs that he has to work with, uh, seeing what they can do and and how he can throw the ball to help him out. So the thing about that, he can put the ball anywhere, but he has to understand our body movements and how we can move. All right, we'll have time for a couple more. Brian Backo, go ahead, Brian. Hey, Juju, you talked about what you did differently this offseason in, in terms of your training. Um, but in pro sports, you know, it's always talked about guys going into contract years, stuff like that. Did you were you more committed or, or more dedicated to what you're doing this offseason than in previous years now going into year four? I mean, not not so much. I think every year uh, you always find something new. You always want to push yourself going into you know year four, year three. Year two, um, you know, coming into my rookie year, after that year, I was like, okay, well, this is my first offseason being a rookie. Uh, let's see what I can do. You know, I learned from a couple of the other guys, and, you know, I noticed that some of the other, you know, older guys were doing one-on-one -on -one more stuff. Some were staying here at the facility, and that's part of what I did. You know, I kind of pretty much, you know, trained with my trainer for a couple of months, two to three months, and then I came to the facilities about a month early just to get some work and show face. And, um, I, I don't think I did it for a contract. It's more so that like every year I'm learning something new and how I can become better as a player for the team. All righty, we'll wrap it up with Bo Marciani. Bo, uh, go ahead. Piggybacking on what Richie and Mike mentioned in terms of training, um, talk about being leaner. Are, is this the lightest you've been? And is there anything in your repertoire that's going to be new when we see you on the field this season? Uh, I, I would say, I would say, yes, it's probably the lightest I've been. Um, I've also been, you know, I would say I've also been a little quicker. Uh, but, you know, the tools that I have, you know, in my box that are going to be this year is, man, just doing my job, like going to play with, going to defense, being able to be smart and play in situations like that. Um, but like I said, it's going to take all of us uh, to win games and come out of stadiums with Ws. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I've been looking and looking forward to. So, you know, hopefully we do follow through with the season. All right. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll be in touch later today with our other calls. Thanks, Juju. That was Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver of your Pittsburgh Steelers, meeting with the media this morning. Some stuff there that he touched on that I want to discuss with Motsi. We will do that on the other side. Final hour of the show, so keep those tweets rolling. We will answer them before we get out of here. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler rocking with you until 6 o'clock here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. And then from 6 until 8, you've got Mike Pursuta. Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson with the training camp report to round out another day of 11 hours of Steelers coverage here on SNR Motsi. Nobody does it better 
than we do. And, you know, we can say that because we're the most humble people that we know. Hey, so big you, facts. So you, you know we're being honest here. Uh, Motsi, in hour number two, I asked you a very s- simple question about Cam Hayward's future with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Was it Steelers. so s- simple? Though? Simple. Now, um, similar question, different guy. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. You know what's funny is um, after his rookie season, right, Mm -hmm. Arthur Motes, if you would have said, hey, it's going to be August 17th, 2020, and no one's really going to be talking about Juju's contract situation going forward, I would have been surprised, right? Right. I would have said, ah, I don't know if I believe about that. I mean, come on. But Arthur Motes, a little uh, little mum on contract negotiations as uh, the Steelers' kind of typical deadline approaches. Do you see any scenario where something gets worked out with Juju ahead of time here, or is it a uh, a sing for your supper type season for the still extremely young wide receiver? You know, this is the unique situation when it comes to Juju and his contract. Um, it makes sense if you're the Steelers to pay him ahead of time, because if he does have that quote unquote blow up type season, well, now it's going to cost you big time bucks, a lot more money. And we also know with the Steelers, I mean, when you look at the history of the guys that they've paid second contracts to, outside of A.B., they really haven't broke the bank for any wide receiver on the second contract. Now, when you get past that, absolutely. Sure. But they really don't do that. So my thing is, like I said, if you're Juju, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to bet on yourself or not? We We saw that with Bud Dupree last year. He bet on himself and he won. Well, Juju, that's what you got to be asking yourself, though. I mean, would you want to take a, a deal that's cool for right now but could be drastically lower than what your market could be if you have a crazy season? Or do you take the job security, though? I mean, because the job security associated with taking that contract now helps out a ton, right? It, it takes the pressure of having to perform at a crazy level this year to get money. You know you're good. But the flip side is if you do ball out and you're on that deal, hmm. now you're kind of stuck. Hmm. If you do ball on, you get a chance to hit the market. Now you can go ahead and really see what the, the greener pastures are talking about. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's, it's it's a very unique situation because I can see pros and cons to both sides. I can see Juju wanting a deal done. I can see Juju not wanting to get huh. a deal done. So maybe he wants to bet on himself Absolutely. in that regard, too, because I mean, it does work both ways in that conversation. Well, because this is the thing you got to ask yourself. If they're saying that, hey, Juju, we'll pay you $6 mil a year, but he feels like he could ball out this year and get twelve a year, mm-hmm. are you willing to sign that? Now, granted, there's some risk associated with it because if you go out there and play bad, you go out there and get hurt, then, yeah, that money could be potentially lower. But some yeah. people some people are, will rather take the chance and fail than play it safe and, and never reach their full potential. Like I said, each person weighs that differently. There is no right or wrong to that. We've seen different scenarios from multiple people where that has worked out and where it hasn't worked out. So, yeah, I man, you take it for what you want in that situation. <sighs> Yeah, I'm kind of torn, too, because I don't know which one I want, man. It's yeah. like, do I love Juju here? Absolutely. But do I want to see Juju get paid as much as he can make? Do I want to see Juju, sure, you know, be able to, to to tap into that type of level? Absolutely. But if he does that, do I think that happens in Pittsburgh? Probably, Probably not. not. Especially, too. I mean, there is a parallel there um, in because what Deontay Johnson's able yes. to do this season and what Chase Claypool's able to do this season. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it is. You know, it's 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 not just Cam Hayward who has the kind of unknown, um, the contract uncertainty, if you will. I mean, James Conner's another one. You and I have talked about him kind of in that yeah, same man. regard as Juju, right? Because if James Conner goes out there and balls out this year, 
thousand plus rush yards, double he, he digit touchdowns. Yeah, great for him. Great for the Steelers this year in 2020. Correct. But in 2021, he's probably not going to be wearing black and gold. Unless he took the, the most disrespectful hometown discount ever known to Mingan. Yes. Which I don't recommend. I don't either, Arthur Motes. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, man. Don't recommend it, bro. I don't recommend it either. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Cam Hayward, the contract's still out there. Juju, the contract's still out there. James Conner. The contract still out so there. So my question to you is this, man. Going me, into next season, question, man. Host Motes. Who's on the roster next year? Cam Hayward or Juju Smith-Schuster or both? Or oh, neither. Oh, man. Now, see, that is a good question. Uh, I want tweets on this. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52 for the last the segment. Body. For the last segment of the show. Um... Now, so you're telling me I can say both are on, both are off, or a split. You're not saying Correct. that it's just like pick one. Who's because we're going to do here. the pick one another time. Okay, I might even ask that after this. But I'm just saying, just from right now, who do you think will be up there? And then after you answer that, then we can go to the next I, part of the I question. I could be totally off base here. It could be a total. I could be doing the. I lambaste fans for this all the time, Arthur Motes. Right? Like I am. I am peak. Root for the logo on the front of the jersey, not for the name on the back of the jersey, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, um, I think I've said this on air with you before, right? Like, if you're telling me, okay, the Penguins tomorrow are going to trade Crosby and Malkin, right? But they're going to win, then they're going to win two more Stanley Cups in the next five years. I would take that. Okay. As much as I love those guys, I want the team success more than I want to root for the players that I like. Yeah, but it never works out like that. We it does know not. This. It does not. You're right. So and, that just increasingly, becomes that becomes just the justification well, no, for saying what you want to say. Not entirely true because I think with Juju that would be the justification. Yes. With Cam Hayward, I don't know if that has to be a justification because I think you and I both agree. I mean, you said it. He's got at least three more years of still being one Without of the doubt. absolute best at his position in the National Football League. Without a doubt. Whereas I think with Juju, we know he has the capability to be, but we still need to see it consistently and regularly. Not maybe top well, five at his position. Well, and I was going to say, like, too. Like Cam is, but... I think the difference between them is this. With Cam, it's not debatable. The productivity is there. Him doing it by himself. Him doing it with the healthy to it. It's multiple situations, it's multiple examples of him being a top five player at that position. Yeah. With Juju, we speak on him in theory. We speak on him from a projection standpoint. Correct. But the only success we've seen him have is in a number two role. Correct. Regardless of what you want to chalk up to last year being last year, at the end of the day, the productivity has not been there minus A-B. Now, this year he'll get a better opportunity to put that out there, but I think that's the difference when we're talking about the two. Cam, this is like clear that. cut. Like there that. is no debate about it. With Juju, depending on who you ask, some people will say Juju's a top 15 receiver. Some people will say that he's not good at all. Yeah. Like just, to, I mean, let's be real about it. No, that, you're that's, right. That's, he's, he's, got lot, he's, got a, he's got a lot of haters out there, yeah, too. He, he certainly He's does. a big like lightning ride right now yeah. in terms of – is he a number one? Is he a number two? Is he a franchise number one? Or is he like a poor man's number one? Like, what exactly is he? Right. There are a lot of questions. Is that, he that, a 1B? You know, more right, than he's yeah. a 1A? Well, that, and that's why I said like a franchise one is like your ABs, your Julios, your Hopkins. Right. A regular number one, I think of like Adam Thielen. A Adam Thielen. Uh, you can even put Stephon Diggs in there. Mm -hmm. 
to an extent, I think Amari Cooper is mm-hmm. higher yes. end yeah. that. Yeah. I think he's a higher end Alshon version Jeffries. of that. Yes. Yeah. They're not your franchise number ones. The guy that, hey, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. They're special. But these guys are still really good players. They're they're too good to be a two. Yes. But not great enough to stand alone by themselves as a one. That's a good way to put it. But right now with Juju, we don't really know where he is all the way in that in that spectrum. We know when he's number two, he can be a great number two. It's we, a lot more guesswork with Juju. It is. Yeah. Whereas with Cam, I mean, you know what Cam is. Oh. It doesn't matter what scheme he's playing, 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. It doesn't matter what team he's on. That productivity is going to be there. It's not affected by the person lined up next to him. Mm-hmm. We've seen that he, he's kicked butt next to Tyson Aluwalu. <laughs> he's kicked butt next to, to Javon Hargrave. He's Stephon kicked Tui. butt next to Stephon Tui. He's kicked butt next to Brett Kiesel. Mm-hmm. You name it, he's kicked butt next to him, man. That's just what he does. Mm-hmm. Shoot, even even Cam Thomas, you remember him? He kicked butt next to him as well, man. Dan McCullough, like you name him, he's done it. He he ball. It does not matter. Four three under Dick LeBeau. I mean three four under Dick LeBeau. This four three hybrid that they're running with Keith but- Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin, his productivity does not change. That's the one constant. So I think that's that's definitely the difference, man. We're talking about those guys, man. But who you well taking, said by but, you. But who getting the money and who you taking? Okay, so if you're making me look into my crystal ball, right? If I'm Come predicting on, um, Come on. if I'm predicting July of uh-huh. 2021, oh, yeah. hopefully we're all uh, heading back to St. Vincent College, right? Under Ooh. an un- not, normal. Not, not all of us, just y'all. I'll, well, I'll, I'll zoom in. Can I get like a uh, like a like a half day pass? I can't zoom in. I, I'm gonna zoom in. You stay the whole time because you gotta hold it down for the culture. Yeah, but I mean. You could just hit me up on Zoom. I'll be on somebody's island vacating. This? Why don't we do this? Um, you know, like we got Jacob in here now. You know, like we got yeah. some, we got some young bulls that are working uh-huh. in here now. What if I do like the first two weeks and then Jacob? Uh, are you trying to delegate power? I just moats. You know, are you three, are you doing that now? Three and a half weeks to be away from the family, staying in the dorm room when I'm not making at least uh, NFL veteran minimum. You know, it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> you do got a point there. You do got a point. I'm with you. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Without a doubt. I, I got you a thousand percent, baby. Yeah, yeah. You you want me a training camp? Pay me accordingly for training camp. Now I get all the training camp. Hey, we're talking about contract negotiations. Hey, right? hey, you, you're absolutely right about that, man. You you pay me you pay me training camp money, I'll be at training camp. If you're making me look into my crystal ball um 10, 11 months from now, 2021 NFL offseason program. Said, I need to get veteran minimal money. <laughs> Yeah, pay me. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Cam is still here and Juju is not. Mm, as we stand, okay. I just I I think I I I think that they agree that Cam is kind of an, an invaluable part of this defense. Um, I think the selection of Chase Claypool in the second round would indicate that they are not as confident in their wide receiver room. Um, I just think there's like you said, there's a lot more unknown. There's a lot yes. more question marks as opposed to as it relates to Cam. So yeah, if you're making me guess. Um, I would say Cam's still here, Juju potentially elsewhere. Um, and if you made me say, Motsi, either or that both are back mm-hmm. or both are gone, right, where I can't split hairs, they're either yeah. both gone or they're both back, would probably lead towards gone at this point, unfortunately. And that too. does not make me happy to say. I take no pleasure in saying that because I like both of those guys. I think they're both good football players. Mm-hmm. I think they're both good human beings as well. I think, like I said, Cam's still here. Um, but if you're making me guess it's like an all or nothing proposition, I would lean slightly like 60-40 at this point towards nothing, unfortunately. Yeah. No, man. You're absolutely right. I agree 100%, man. That's just the it, way it works in a salary cap league. It is, man. And you caught it, man. When it comes to prioritizing which one of those guys 
I do think that Cam is the guy that if they do get a deal done, it will be with him. Um, I think because the longevity, I think the relationships, I think everything that goes along with that. But yeah. I do think the longer they wait, the mm. harder it becomes because then it takes that turn to now I feel a little disrespected in terms of mm. all these other guys got paid around the league without any hiccups. It's true. Teams that were way more cash strapped, cap strapped than we were. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are finding ways to pay people. And, and, and I just feel like I, I got to be the guy that always waits. Like, why <laughs> is that? That could be something that you got to watch a good point for. point by you. That is a very good point. Because trust by me, you. we we all it all goes. We all think about it. I know for me, man, when I went through my contract negotiation the first time here in Pittsburgh, I mean, no, excuse me, the second time because the first time was obviously I came through free agency. Yeah. But when I was doing my extension, that was the one thing that just had me so irked. I'm like, man, we had all off season <laughs> to get this deal done, and you want to wait until now you want to wait till the last minute the day before to try to let's really dig deep to see what what's your number is that a negotiation tactic it is sometimes but it could backfire because like i said if it wasn't like they couldn't have anticipated coach tom me and coach thomas relationship being the reason why i would stay Hmm. if this is some other coach and my relationship isn't like that with that coach well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to say, well, you know, I feel disrespect. I'm not even taking that call. I get more money somewhere else. Right, but remember, I told you the whole reason why we even got a chance to come back and reopen negotiations was because I took the call because it was Coach T. If it was any other person that called in that organization, I wasn't even answering the phone. Like, so that's why I'm like, it's dangerous to play that game like that, especially getting that close to it. But it ended up working out, obviously, for both parties because for them, they were able to really just sit down and solely focus on hammering out the details of, okay, what do you want in the deal? Sure. All right, how much do you want? All right, we know your number, we can make moves. And then for me, it benefited me because now I know I got them on, they're, they're ready to go, but I still already got a dancer partner with the Falcons who they got more money in the bank. So I can keep calling Atlanta back saying, well, hey, man, they throwing this out. What you y'all going to do? Bit higher? And then I tell them, like, yo, well, look, Atlanta just then told me this. you're the one who's – Exactly. Yeah. So it worked yeah. out in that regard. But it doesn't always work like that. And like I said, sometimes it backfires on the player. Sometimes it backfires on the co- – I mean, on the organization. It's just one of those situations like that, you know. But when it does work out, it's a great situation. I will tell you that, man. Shout out to shout out to the Steelers, man, because because it worked out great. <laughs> and sometimes it does work out great, but I think there's probably also that right that sometimes when you play with fire, you do get burned. Yes, indeed. Man. Element of it as well, too. And that's hey, that's why there are many people who uh, their jobs depend on this. They're paid a lot of money to balance and evaluate this stuff, and that's why there's people like Arthur Motes and I who do entire radio shows based off of this stuff and. Fans and listeners like you who care about this stuff. We're just giving the people what they want. You know we that. are, Arthur Motes. And we got some tweets. I asked for them. Thoughts on this conversation. Who you keeping? Who's still going to be here? Who's not going to be here? Uh, we got a couple tweets about that. We also got some other tweets throughout the show that we will get to. Yins know the drill. When we come back here from our final uh, bill-paying break, we will wrap up with your reaction. So final chance. Any questions, comments, concerns, anything on your chest, you better tweet it now or forever hold your peace. For the next 21 hours. You heard it here. <laughs> at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We will wrap with your reaction on the other side. He is Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Come and get your tweets, Steelers Nation. This is how we wrap up the show every day. Arthur Motes, I asked for a reaction there uh, in regards to the conversation, Juju or Cam Hayward, who's back next year? Is it both? Is it neither? Is it one of the two? Harry says both and add Bud to that list. Mm. I mean, Harry, I, I'd i love to see that happen. Man, you talk about a salary cap league, Motsi. I... I don't know. There's only uh you know, there's only so much uh there's only so much dough, there's only so much cheddar to go around in a salary cap league, unfortunately. But hey, Harry, if they could work that out, I would love that. Uh the lit one, Rebecca. Lit 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 Arthur votes. Uh says she definitely still had the duck fever even before COVID was a thing. She sends us a picture <laughs> of a little duck dressed as uh, Devlin Hodges, and then she also says it's time to show Cam Hayward the money. Show the money! Show the money! Wait, hold on. Get the paper. Hold on one second, real quick. Real quick here. This one's for Rebecca. Show me the money. Show me the money! <laughs> it is. Show Cam Hayward the money. All right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Show Cam Hayward the money. Uh, David wants to know, with a defense loaded with rising stars, who is your pick for Team MVP this year? Dang, for Team MVP? I mean, I'm hoping it's Big Ben. I was about to say the same. I'm like, so I'm going to pick Big Ben because... Can, can I pick Ben? That means everything went well with his return from the surgery. Yes. I hope he hope he's the team MVP. Yeah, me too. I'm with you on that one. Even though I'm not opposed to it being like a TJ Watt or a Minka sure. Fitzpatrick, sure. even a Bud Dupree for the culture, sure. But even it a needs Cam to, Hayward, yeah. But but it needs to be. It needs to be the it quarterback. It needs to be the quarterback. Yep, Ryan, especially this year. Ryan says Professor Moat's back in the house. I love it. Where's the pomp and circumstance? Hey, <laughs> he a day one. He know what's up. Hey, well, yeah, that's right. That's that's a good uh, good harkening back to the past. Look, we'll you know we'll get back into some of that. I, I should have you know I was thinking about that. Maybe I should have thrown on the pomp and circumstance when you were talking about training it's all camp. Good. But, you know you don't vibe with me like that, man. You know sometimes we gotta keep uh, we gotta keep the what's the term I'm looking for? We gotta keep the benchmarks. Where the benchmarks, benchmarks lie. Oh, yeah. Keep them benchmarked. Absolutely. That's like doing three-question Thursday on a Tuesday. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thrash says here, I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask anyways. Now that you've had your time in training camp as an observer rather than a participant, which do you enjoy more, observing oh! or participating? Big big time <laughs> observer, baby. My feet feel great. My tan lines aren't there. My, my, my body feels amazing. I eat, drink, and do whatever I want with my body. Yes, observing is not even close. Oh, yes, I'll take it at any day of the week. In fact, I told Wes this during break. I said, man, I was watching the live stream that the Steelers had. I was seeing all the pads popping, mm-hmm. figuratively, of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was seeing some of the things taking place, and I was like, man, I'm getting excited over here. I'm hype. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm about to do nothing. Nothing. I'm, I'm super excited to do nothing. I don't have an urge to get out there and put on a pad or tight anything. I don't even want to sweat right now. Keep the AC rolling, baby. I it, it, Listen, in the studio, I wish I had a live cam. It, it was a light that would beam on me in here. I moved the light true. to a whole different direction because it made me too hot. I don't, I don't, this is true. One I'm day cool in here, on you should have seen it during break. Arthur Motes, he was up. He was messing with the light fixtures. <laughs> like I was the maintenance man I in mean, here, man. Yeah, I thought, he, I thought he, was, you know, he was doubling as a custodian that day as well, too. <laughs> Wallace says here, in regards to our there's going to be blood on the moon, our 300 conversation. Wallace oh. says... 
Their training is like a bloodless battle. Their battles like bloody training. Talk about it. Flavius Josephus said this about how strenuously Roman soldiers trained for fighting. I respect it 1,000%. Yeah. That's how it's got to be, though, man. What would you rather be, a Roman soldier or do another uh, camp at Latrobe? Roman soldier. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Take me to Rome. I'll be a soldier. As long as I get to wear the, like, little dress things, though. Because it's not like they had the the gladiator kilt almost. I I, I want that on. It probably is great for, like, breathing and aerodynamic and stuff like that, man. What'd you say? Aerodynamic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes me more fluid in my my strikes. <laughs> Why you coming at me like that, man? Yeah, Come yeah, on, baby. I can't be aerodynamic. Now, listen. That's not a thing. I can't be aerodynamic. I mean, listen. Come on. It's what I've rubbed off. It, listen, it's completely my fault because I've rubbed off on you in this regard. I'm uh-huh. the one who messes up my words and confuses first names like Marcus Peters and no, Jason no, no, Peters. No, 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 no. I've I've brought you down in this regard. No. Listen, I've been seeing aerodynamic since I started wearing my tights only to work out because of To. <laughs> to will wear tights That's only. Right. And he said it makes it a more aerodynamic more this aerodynamic. way. And, and from there, I said, yeah, I got to be more aerodynamic myself. So I would work out with tights only or like whatever it. it is to make me lean. And my coach used to always tell me, he's like, yo, if those, if those shorts that you're wearing, which aren't even two pounds or enough to slow you down, you got bigger issues. <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry about that. I'm trying. Remember, coach, it's a game of inches. That's all you need to know. It's true. So, I mean, it, it goes here. It goes both you ways. Didn't, uh, you didn't ever, like, shave your arms and legs like Michael Phelps style, did you? Well, actually, I did start shaving my underarm pits. Yeah. Makes you faster. Hmm. Come on, man. All that hair slows you down sometimes, man. Well, I thought you were supposed to trim up your armpits because the ladies don't like it, you know, when you Well, got... you know, I mean, you've seen me. I'm not a hairy individual, no how. You know what I mean? So it really doesn't grow like well, that. I mean, it's kind of like my, it's like me, my facial I, hair. I, you know I know, know 14-year-olds that can grow better beards yeah. than I can. I, I'm over here three weeks, and it looks like I got a 5 o'clock shot. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> Never really had any issues, you know what I mean? Last but not least, least on the tweets, Mav says, love listening to you guys, hanging with the power grid as always. Let's go Steelers. Nice. Mav, like we're it, back, baby. baby. We are back. Padded practices officially underway and we have got real tangible football to talk about i'm excited I mean, it better than this? it's the beginning of uh something beautiful here it really is and uh speaking of something beautiful i mean i tell you what these three beauties we got coming up next Who, mike, me mike pursuit oh those, those beauties yeah, yeah, mike yeah. pursuit dale lolly and matt williamson they will have you from six until eight o'clock it's the training camp report coming up right around the corner reminder uh, podcast. We got one. The show, all of our shows here on SNR. Just search the keyword title of the show. You can get the podcast uploaded there every day, commercial free on demand for us. You just search Steelers Blitz with a Z, Mozi. You know, like Zoltan. Or like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Or Jason Zucker for our pins that let mm. us down. But I still like them. Yeah. I like Zucker, too, because it's the German word for sugar. Jason Sugar. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah. I don't know why, but just something about that. I felt the Savage one come out there. That was so random. Doesn't Jason Zucker kind of sound like a WWE? I mean, Jason Sugar definitely sounds like a WWE. Yeah, I I wasn't ready for the Macho Man. He just popped up on me. rises to the top, brother. Ooh, Jason Sugar. Yeah. Legend. <laughs> That'll do. You know, I'm doing too much radio here with the extra hour, with the solo hour that I do. I gotta save. You know, I gotta save the vocals. I can't be. Oh, I'm about to say, yeah. We're doing a lot of radio here. Yeah. I can't be. I can't don't be. On the, I can't be on the pup list with my vocals here. Yeah, definitely don't waste it, man. Because if you wasted, the show is over. Because I'm telling them I can't do. It. <laughs> the show must go on, Arthur Motes, and it will tomorrow. You know when to find us. Three o'clock, and as always.
You know the place. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Ooh, yeah.